0: Hello, and welcome to the Military Veteran Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Aronson. I'm a serial entrepreneur, a Wharton MBA, and a former banker at Goldman Sachs. But most importantly, before all of that, I was a Marine. I believe every military veteran deserves a career that fires them up, a career in which you can learn, earn, and build a world-class network. On this podcast, we interview military veterans who are top performers in their civilian careers. Our only goal is to inspire you to achieve great things in the next phase of your life. You'll hear from CEOs of multi-billion dollar companies, founders who have raised hundreds of millions of dollars of capital, and investors who have written some of the most famous checks in history. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Please reach out and let us know how we can be of service to you. Let's dive into today's episode.
1: Hey, welcome to the Military Veteran. I'm your host, Amber Sims, operations intern at the MillVet, and we're joined today by Devin Van Buren. We have some big announcements before we dive in. First is the MillVet Startup Conference on February 2nd and 3rd in San Francisco. This will be the premier event for founders, VCs, early stage operators in our community. We bring together big names in the space. Um, there are veterans that are crushing it in the startup ecosystem and keep a low profile. So if you're looking to join a startup, thinking of starting a company or learning about venture capital, register at vet startups.com second is the Milvet career conferences our first one is going to be in San Francisco on June 15th and 16th and the next one is in New York City September 28th and 29th of 2023 so register at the milvet.org if you want to sign up for our newsletter sign up at the milvet.org and follow us on Instagram at the military vet without further Ado let's go ahead and welcome Devin how are you doing
2: I am doing wonderful, and thank you all for having me here. It's my pleasure to spend the next about an hour with you sharing a little bit about my experience transitioning from the military, having served in all three corps, to now being in management consulting.
1: Sweet. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and um, what you do in management consulting, Devin?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So similar to you, Amber, I was in the National Guard at one point. All three compos I've been a part of, I'm currently a reservist, so I do continue to serve after my active duty time. Um, From there, about literally seven years ago, I transitioned um, into management consulting, which is something that if you would have asked me as a former intel officer, if I thought I'd be going that route, the answer was no. Uh, With that being said, I don't regret it. At all. Uh, I joined one of the big four uh, consulting firms, had some opportunities to work more so in their back office, so their like business support center, really kind of helping to understand how the firm operates and supporting our client-facing professionals. And about four years ago, I had the opportunity to transition after um, being able to deploy some unique programs and practices within the firm to being more client facing. So really, if you think about what I do now is I'm a part of our workforce transformation practice. And as a part of the practice, really helping clients navigate that unknown future of work. So really thinking about jobs and challenges that weren't present five years ago, we're helping clients tackle that, whether it's transformation of their workforce Upskilling of their workforce, implementing systems, and really looking at the people side from an organizational transformation perspective. The system implementations, we help to support that. Um, down to things like their diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies, helping them really bring those to life. So I've had the opportunity to work with quite a few of our clients on that road to navigating that unknown future of work.
1: Yeah, so you kind of talked about management consulting, but if you could talk about the structure and the development as you rise in consulting?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So there's kind of two groups of individuals who go into consulting. There's individuals who may come out of a bachelor's or a master's degree program and come into um, into the the consulting world, or then you have individuals like myself who would have come from industry, would come with a unique skill set into the organization. So when you think about being a consultant, it's about being a lifelong learner. It's about continuing to always be at the forefront of kind of what's happening within business, what's happening within industry, and always continuously upskilling yourself. So the firm uh, where I'm at, we have a great leadership development program. And when I say leadership development program, it starts from the door at the time that you come into the door. So really focusing on not only the skills that you currently have, but what are the ones that you're going to need to be relevant and continue to excel? And it's similar to military, how we have our, you know, when you think about being an officer, you have your Bullock, you have your captain's career course, your ILE, et cetera. It's a very similar format. Within the, uh, within the organization. And as you continue to expand your knowledge in the breadth and depth of services that you deliver to our clients, as are those opportunities for you to upskill on an individual perspective, as well as in a cohort model or more collectively by attending maybe things like conferences, things like that.
1: I often hear you say consulting is up or out, but I know that you also get more projects as you elevate as well, is that correct? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely, it is a, um, it's a highly competitive organization, right? Like our clients want us to be the best and brightest and bringing the, the, the solutions that are really going to help them to be able to navigate the future. So it's similar to the military, right? When you're in the role, there's only so much you can do uh, after being in a role for so much time. So it's really an opportunity for you to demonstrate that you have the skills and capabilities to continue to grow within the profession, which a lot of individuals do we have individuals that come into the firm and decide, hey, you know, they want to consult and that's in my short-term plan. And then I want to go into industry where they're still gaining knowledge, they're growing their skills and still be, you know, remaining relevant after leaving um, from that perspective. So yeah, it really is an environment where you continue to grow. You continue to grow the projects that you're doing, the depth and breadth of support that you're providing our clients as you continue to move up through the firm or for those individuals who decide maybe this is not for them, then it's moving out into industry.
1: Yeah, so uh, shifting a little bit, for those who don't know, Devin was actually my first mentor when I was transitioning out of the military. I was extremely nervous. I didn't even have a resume. But Devin is a director at PwC. She is a military spouse, a mom, and she's also getting her MBA at the same time. So can you, that's a lot going on. Uh, <laughs> I think transitioning in itself is a lot, but can you kind of walk me through your day?
2: Yeah, no, of course. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have flexibility um, within my day that for a lot of the times if I'm not at a client site or purposefully in the office with my team or collaborating with other teams, I have the ability to work from home, which I'm truly grateful of. And I think that's a lot of what allows me that work-life balance to kind of juggle all the things that I am juggling. Um, I say, when I look at that list of things that I do, the hardest job is probably being a mom okay. on there. I think, you know, if I can get that part right, then everything else is kind of par for the course. Nice. So, and I say that from a perspective of, you know, I'm able to schedule my work when it's convenient for me. I'm often the person that rises super early. In my house, I'm able to get to maybe any task or things I didn't complete the prior day, get a jump on my day, go through emails, do some reviews, etc. But that time I'm able to spend some time in the morning with my kids from there, get right into work, right? Roll up my sleeves, get in there with our clients and do the work that that needs to be done. Um, I'm fortunate that I'm able to a lot of the days as my kids come home in the afternoon, schedule some family time with them and then get back, get back into it in the evenings. And again, that's my personal schedule. That's what works for me. You know, we know that kids all grow up. So when they're you know out of the house and they're grown, I don't think that'll be my schedule, you know, you know, at that point, yeah. but for right now, for the place that I'm at in life, that works for me. And I'm, I'm really, truly thankful for that flexibility. I don't know how I would do it without that.
1: Yeah. For your projects, how long is a project normally? And how do you get your next project?
2: Yeah, of course. So, and it really just depends what type of work we're helping clients with. I know some individuals who may run projects may be working in like our mergers and acquisition spaces for weeks long. But then when you think of some of the things like our larger systems implementations, those are multi-year projects. And it's really about kind of finding that balance uh, between kind of what you like to do, whether it's more of the long-term versus the short-term. When you think about how we get those next projects, We love to create deep relationships with our clients, so our goal is to become a long-term advisor with them and continue to help them to grow and mature their business. And then there's always opportunities to branch out and to grow into spaces that we may not currently serve clients. So similar to any business development, um, we go from a, a perspective of kind of looking across our landscape, looking at potential clients that may be able to utilize our services. It could be engaging them in conversations, or it could be going through a formal RFP process to develop business opportunities and i'm an rfp that's yeah. for, for proposal <laughs> yeah. where it's okay. actually given to to organizations to bid against
1: okay yeah um so able to talk about a little bit on the projects you're currently working on a high level overview or no
2: uh, yeah i can give a high level overview so kind of similar to what i shared just kind of um my scope of work that I focus on. So I have clients now that I'm helping around systems implementations. So really thinking back through COVID, right, where COVID kind of uncovered, quickly uncovered for a lot of organizations that it was time to upgrade their infrastructure. And you look at like their software as a service uh, type of infrastructure and clients now that we've, you know, or getting back to more of a semblance of life before COVID are, are working on doing that. And they're usually engaging large organizations who can take on that multi-year type of work. So I have a couple of projects there where I'm really focused on the organizational change management. So really getting people from one way of working into a new way of working that's sustainable and scalable, and that will be positively impactful. On the business. Um, Other work that I'm doing, which is really my passion work, is around diversity, equity, and inclusion and helping clients uh, reimagine their strategies for diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you think about things even, you know, three, four years ago, we weren't focused on things that we're currently focused on. Um, And that's where we were able to help clients really focus on the human part of work, building programs that are centered around the employees, making sure that they're creating workplaces that reflect the societies in which they serve, making sure that those workplaces are creating equitable experiences and they're inclusive of the individuals who work there.
1: Yeah. So I have some friends who are like junior consultants and in between projects, they Mm -hmm. kind of just go on vacation. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, But I mean, in reality, I mean, how realistic is that? What do people do in between projects? How do they get their next project? Yeah, no, absolutely. So there's a deployment process that you go
2: through um, being in consulting. So you can either be a part of that kind of RFP process, that pursuit process, or we could have work where um, leaders have, had the opportunity to win work with clients. And now we need to put our project team together. So we look for unique skills to staff that project team so that we can deliver a best-in-class solution to clients. Um, Similar to what you said, when we have those kind of lulls in the business, it's just like any other business. We do encourage our staff and and we also um, demonstrate that behavior of taking those breaks, really focusing on our mental, physical, emotional well-being, taking the breaks that that we need, especially during the times of the lulls in our projects. Now, can you predict out, you know, a year from now, I'm going to be able to take two weeks off? No. We try to do the best that we can. If it comes at a time when you're on a project, it's about that communication with your project team, but if the opportunity presents itself and you're kind of what we say on the bench, so you're not actively engaged in a client project, we do recommend take the time that you need, you know, kind of relax, recharge, know that you're not going to come back to a whole inbox full of emails during that time. Yeah.
1: I remember seeing, uh, on LinkedIn that PwC took like the week off for July for the 4th of July week. I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Yes, yeah. that, that is amazing. We do that twice a year um, during the middle of the year and during our holiday shutdown, which is an amazing opportunity to really just disconnect because everybody from our most senior leader to the intern who just started is on break at that time. So you're not coming back to all of the to-dos that you left behind or that email box that you need to get through. Uh, everybody's starting at the same point when we get back.
1: Yeah, and I do think the updated paternity leaves i don't know i think it's pretty big in corporate america i don't know how uh supported it is in small businesses but having the increased amount of paternity leave for both parents um and then everybody in the workplace kind of really supports that so mm-hmm. i feel like i'm seeing that a lot more as well um, yeah and that- especially that's see
2: Yeah, no, of course. And that goes back to what we were talking about before, right? Like helping clients to navigate that unknown future. So things that maybe weren't at the forefront three, five years ago, being really progressive and leaning in and supporting employees where they're at. And that's something that you're absolutely right. PwC has engaged in, has uh, afforded additional leave to not only one parent, but all parents really creating that equitable experience um, so that they have that time to Build their families and create those bonds that are most important
1: yeah so kind of tr- uh, transitioning to veterans why would veterans be well-suited for consulting all right that's
2: a question I often get asked uh, I think we come with a unique set of skills and an inherent mental toughness it is not an easy job but it's a very, very rewarding job at the end of the day. Um, You know, thinking about being in the military, you are taught those skills. You're you're taught agility. You're taught critical thinking. You're taught project management. And when I say project management or program management, thinking about being anyone from enlisted to an officer, you have a kind of book of business or individuals that you're managing that's constantly evolving. You're getting new information and needing to synthesize that information quickly and make decisions. But on that side, the decisions we were making before could be a matter of life and death. Well, at least in consulting, right? We're, we're not at that point, but those are some of the skills that are able to, that you're able to pull through and we're highly dependable, right? Like our time in the military, like we get stuff done. I don't know if you remember that old saying, we work to standard, not to time. Yeah. Similar in <laughs> being in consulting I and mean, we try to balance the time too. Right.
1: Yeah. But
2: that's what it is.
1: So what are the challenges do you think or some cons that people should highly consider before pursuing a career in consulting. Some of the challenges. Mm -hmm. I think one of the challenges is the
2: work-life balance. That's one of the challenges that I've seen. Um, I know that our firm has been, big strides with really helping to support employees with that work-life balance, you know, um, really championing, communicating what you need, what that balance is in your life, right? So not from a perspective, I think back, you know, many years ago when I was working, if you didn't have kids, it was thought of, oh, well, this person can work. Well, no, they have other Mm -hmm. obligations, you know, they just look different than someone who may have a child or a pet or maybe a caregiver. So really that balance um, is, I think that's one of the the things that you kind of have to watch out. For. Um, if you're a person that does not like change, this is not the type of career for you. Nothing is constant, similar to the military, but change, um, working in consulting. And for a lot of us who stay in this career field, we really, fee- we really feed off of that. So no one day in the office is the same.
1: Yeah. So what do you mean, nothing is constant?
2: Well, change, you know, ch- change is constant. So oh, we're okay. we're all, oh, yeah, 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 wherever
1: it is. Oh, just if I said nothing, Okay.
2: And the change is, is constant. And that's what allows us to continue to grow and to evolve.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of times people say that veterans really have those soft skills mm-hmm. that companies seek out. Can you kind of talk about the the soft and technical skills that are valuable in any kind of profession, but specifically consulting? Right. No, of course. So if you think about like you can teach someone
2: the technical skills, it's the soft skills. It's around the care for people. It's around the camaraderie. It's around the cultural dexterity. You know, we used to laugh where you could kind of wave a hand and you are working with someone from all four corners of the U.S. being in the military who come with their own set of, you know, kind of cultural nuances, sets of beliefs. And we all work cohesively together. So I think it's that bond and that really that focus on the human centered aspect of it. Yeah, we have a mission. We have a job to get done, but it's really about taking care of our people because that's the invaluable asset that we have in the military, as well as on the consulting side, our people, because we don't sell widgets. We don't sell gadgets. It's our people that are most important.
1: Did you have any like cultural challenges as far as, um, Your soft skills when you came into consulting or how did you develop them if you were faced with those challenges?
2: Yeah, I have to be transparent. I did. I did. I thought that, you know, coming out of the military, you know, I'm great. You know, I've got all the people skills, but it's a different type of people skills coming into the civilian sector. Um, You know, it's a lot of focus on that emotional intelligence. So really being able to connect with individuals outside of just needing to get a mission done, outside of needing to get things done, and really understanding who they are, what drives them, and what motivates them. So it's almost like a subset of being able to go a little bit slower to be able to go fast at the end of the day. So I think the emotional intelligence was the big one. Um, I was fortunate that, you know, going back to what we talked about at the beginning around the... Um, development programs and training programs, I was fortunate to be a student of a couple of the programs that the firm had to help kind of leaders as they're rising um, throughout the ranks who have that kind of gap in those skills, which was hugely beneficial.
1: Yeah, go slow to go fast. I really like that. (laughs) So what advice would you give to uh, people who are transitioning out of the military today?
2: Um, So when you say advice, do you think advice for consulting or advice in general?
1: Uh you can do both if you want.
2: Okay. I would say advice in general, I think leaning in. Um, you know, think about the days of being in the military, right? Where it used to be, Oh yeah, you know, we need a volunteer for something. Who's gonna raise their hand? You don't quite know what you're volunteering for, but you raise your hand. Um, I can kind of correlate that to my career with the firm. I was able to raise my hand for several opportunities that I never thought that I would be doing anything from our digital upskilling and becoming technically proficient program um, to deploying some of the strategies before we went to market with them. But I am indebted, you uh, you know, grateful that I had that opportunity to raise my hand, learn new skills and really grow my career. And some of those programs actually served as a springboard for my career. So coming out of the military, going into it, you know, jump into it with both feet. Um, Don't be hesitant. You're not going to know everything, which is fine. When you are hired, you're hired for the skills that you bring. There's other things that can be taught. We don't expect for you to be an expert. Um, Ask questions. And everything is about relationships and connections. And when I say relationships and connections, it's back to what I said. Nobody knows everything, but you need to have a network that you can pull on. So when you have those gaps and things that you're not familiar with, you have individuals who can support you there. Uh, I think that's a little bit about consulting um, as well. So I think that's advice that you can probably pull through both both parts of it.
1: Yeah, I would say in general, just getting that exposure is worth it. So when you said lean in, I completely agree. And then you kinda of build your network that way too because when you're kinda of, when you're transitioning, the only network you have initially, you know, it's per, 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 person, per person case is the military network, which is very strong. Mm-hmm. But you do need to grow it, you know, you don't mm-hmm. want that to be your only network. So uh, I yeah, leaning in is good and getting that exposure.
2: Right. And use the tools too, right? Like LinkedIn, like that is huge. You can reach out to almost anybody around the world who does what you may want to do. You're going to hit roadblocks, right? You're going to reach out to people and and be genuine, be authentic. Hey, I am this person. I am transitioning from the military. I am interested, you know, and going into the career field that you're in. Do you have 10 minutes that you can spend with me? And you're going to get a lot of people who don't reply. But go for those nuggets of those people who actually do reply and lend you their time, their most, inv- you know, most valuable gift, and then ask them for their connections. And the other part about it is be persistent, right? One email, one phone call is not enough. Um, I think we're all super busy, right? Juggling what, 26 hours worth of responsibilities in a 24 hour a day. Be persistent, be respectful, right? But be persistent, um, you know, to get what you need.
1: Yeah, I think the more that you talk to people, it helps you form your story as well. Um, It's one thing to say, hey, I'm getting out of the military. These were my jobs. But it's another thing to say, this is who I am. This is my background. This is my story. This is why I'm getting out. Their perception of you will change completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah. that's a great point. You know,
2: biologically, we're drawn to stories and storytelling. If you think about the earliest form of history, right? Storytelling. And that, and looking at what are your capabilities, right? So, not just this was my job. I was an intel officer. Okay, that's great. You know, (laughs) but, but what are those capabilities? What are those skills that are going to be relevant in that next step, in that next career that you have? So, really taking some time and focusing on that. And fortunately, now there are a lot of either individuals or programs that will volunteer to help veterans or soon to be veterans with transitioning kind of what they used to do into what they want to do.
1: Yeah. Do you want to plug any of those or Um, I (laughs) I I think think we can both think of quite a few
2: that are out there. Right. But it's, but it's also a matter of, you know, finding the organizations and figuring out which one is a good fit for you.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, it's so funny. I remember when, Uh, You're helping me with my resume. You're like, I'm not going to do it for you. You're going to have to figure (laughs) (laughs) it out. (laughs) But it was good. I mean, it was good. Uh, And, you know, I think that was last year. I think the 18th month mark is a good time frame if -hmm. you're looking to transition out. It, It just takes a while to not only figure it out, but just get that exposure and, um just to change your whole culture and everything. There's a whole identity change going on. Yeah. But that's, it's okay. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point that you, that you,
2: that you referenced as well. The time, the time that's needed to be able to make a transition, um, you know, one of the biggest stressors in life is changing a job and then changing a job of coming out of a military, and, you know, for a lot of individuals, you go in when you're very young, maybe 18 to 25 years old, and this is kind of all that, you know. And now we're going to take that away from you and tell you to start new. There's no kind of blueprint like what you get in the military of, you know, do this and it'll equal this. It's really being able to navigate and find that road on your own. So giving yourself the time, space and grace to be able to do that and find what's going to be what's going to be the best fit for you and um, and your family.
1: But that's okay. That's I mean, that's a good thing because there are people who are 40, 50 years old and are doing a job that they just don't like. So, you know, use this opportunity, either if you want to go to school or just go slow, like you said, go slow to go fast, take Mm -hmm. a step back, take a beat and say, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to go out there and sample everything, which is fine. You know, Mm -hmm. it's totally okay. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Like it doesn't make sense to jump from something you're passionate about and, you know, you're calling into just not being fulfilled. Life is too short for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, Devin. Thanks for your time. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you sign up for our conferences coming up next year in June and September in San Francisco and New York City. And uh, Devin was actually a speaker at our last conference in the consulting panel. So um, we hope to see her again, and we hope to see you guys all there. Thank you. All right. Thank you as well. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. For more content, follow us on Instagram at The Military Vet or on LinkedIn. Join us at an upcoming event or learn more on our website, themilvet.org. Feel free to email us directly at leadership at Thank you so much and take care.